Have you ever felt like you were go you were in the wrong place at the wrong time? Have you ever like let's get sorry, lights on. I'm in the dark. Have Okay, so yeah, you've all felt sometime like you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Right? Uh, in in 2011, 2010, I was um, on a backpacking trip through South America, and I stopped in Quito, Ecuador. Quito, Ecuador is this beautiful place, amazing food, culture, community, up in the Andes Mountains, um, way above sea level. And it's this beautiful place that's surrounded by mountains. You, there's mountains forever. And there's this one place that the guidebook tells you you have to go to when you're in Quito. And so it's this place called um, uh, La, La Virgen del Panecillo. And, and it's this big kind of mountain right outside of the city. And you can climb up, but you've got to go all the way around it. And on top of it, there's this huge statue of the Virgin Mary. Then you can kind of like, it's the Statue of Liberty, you know, of Quito. So you can kind of climb up her and you can go and, and see the whole city. And it's a huge, beautiful panoramic view of Quito and the mountains. And so you have to go to it. It's the, the you know, like top 10 things you have to do in Quito. So I, I went and I'm the first day I, I'm going up the, uh, the mountain. And um, I, I realize about 15, 20 minutes in that I'm the only one walking up this road. I'm the only one walking up this road. And this is like the tourist thing to do in Quito. And there's a lot of tourists in Quito. So I'm like, where are all the tourists? And I see, uh, you know, every couple minutes, these taxis go by me with tourists inside of them. You know, there's a bunch of gringos inside of these taxis. And I think, oh my goodness, I, I must have missed the memo about the taxis. I could have gotten a ride up. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I keep walking. And, and people on the, the road, the people who live on this road, they're looking at me like, you, dude, you don't belong here. Dude, you don't belong here. Like, you don't know what's going to come. And I, I think, oh my goodness, I think I, think I should have taken a taxi. When I got back, I realized that I read the rest of the guidebook, okay? It said that people get robbed on this road. Like, you don't, you don't walk on this road. You take the taxi, take the taxi. But I'm walking t 25 minutes, 30 minutes into this 45-minute hike, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, do I turn back? Do I go up? I, I had never heard of GPS before. We didn't have GPS at that point, remember? But I, I remember thinking in my head, you know, I didn't, I've never heard that annoying voice on my GPS, but I thought, recalculating, recalculating. Like, what should I do? Have you ever had that moment inside of you? We're starting this series called Recalculating. We've been in the book of Acts. We've been looking at how God empowered the disciples with the Holy Spirit. 
The, the very spirit of God himself was dwelling inside of normal, everyday people like you and me. And they were praying for the sick and seeing them healed and speaking in different languages and generous beyond their means. They were bold and courageous. People like you and me. Amazing. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They create this amazing church led by the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. But because of persecution in Jerusalem, all these normal, everyday people like you and me, they go out to the different towns and the villages from where they're from, many of them. And they start telling people about Jesus in their hometowns. They start telling them in, in, in Samaria and Judea, and they go to Antioch and to the ends of the earth, and they start creating these little communities called churches, ecclesias, these, these gatherings of Jesus people, Jews and Gentiles coming together many, in many of these places, coming together. They've never come together in any way, Jews and Gentiles, but here they are. They're coming together and breaking down centuries-old barriers. Amazing, amazing, amazing. They come together in one spirit. We just finished that series, One Spirit. And now we're entering the last part of Acts, and we're going to be looking at how does the Holy Spirit lead us? How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Does the Holy Spirit lead us? We're starting with this idea that I, I think that this is, the, this is the case, that just as the GPS on your phone desires to lead you to your destination and will nag you, nag you, nag you until you get there, Right? Have you ever gone the wrong way from the GPS? You missed the, uh, the off-ramp. You missed the, uh, you know, there's three little, thing, three little options at this part, you know, going into New York City, and you missed the wrong, you, you take the wrong one, and, and you're going around in a circle, and they say, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. I believe that just as the GPS in your phone wants to get you to the right place, that the Holy Spirit of God wants to lead you to the right place. That the Holy Spirit of God wants to lead you and me to the place that's been uh, planned for us. That the Holy Spirit desires to lead you into your purpose. That the Holy Spirit desires to lead you towards healing, towards peace. That the Holy Spirit desires to lead you and me. Paul expressed it this way in his letter to the Galatian churches. He said, and this is on our, this is on our memory verse card. It's on, on our seats. Um, online folks will send this to you in the mail. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We can walk along, Paul says, with the Holy Spirit. This is a, a, a crazy idea that Paul's saying. You can actually walk every day with the Spirit. You can hold hands and walk. In the beginning, in Genesis, they used to walk in the night with God. At the end of the day, in the cool of the evening, they'd walk through the garden with God. Do you know that you can walk with the Spirit of God? Let us keep in step with the Spirit. The issue is that many of us don't actually live this way. And we, we don't actually think this way. We don't actually think that the Spirit of God would lead us. And so we don't expect it, and so we don't actually practice it. We don't actually expect that the Spirit of God would walk with us. Because I think that you and I have bought into some popular myths. 
There's been popular human myths that have been passed down to us from generation to generation. And these popular myths have uh, uh, been put inside of us. They've been injected into our hearts and our minds and our bodies. And so we actually live this way without even thinking about it. We live in some certain ways. Common myth number one. Common myth number one. We think that the Holy Spirit's leading is only for the special people. It's only for special people. It's only for the holy people. It's only for those who haven't sinned this week. It's only for those who, who, who don't have addiction. It's only for those who don't struggle. You know, it, it's only for those who, who are holy at church, the pastor or the leader or the small group uh, leader, you know, the person who shows up every week to small group. It's, it's only for them. It's not for me. It's only for Paul and Peter in the Bible. It's not for me. When Paul says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, that's cool, Paul, but that's not for me. And maybe you don't even think this way overtly, but many of us embody this way of thinking. We embody a thought without even thinking it because we've bought into a cultural myth. And the cultural myth says that it's not for you. It might be for someone else, but it's not for you. It's for those who are designated as special. But listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. He says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Do you guys remember seventh grade logic class? Anybody? Seventh grade and logic, they, they taught you these like logic things, right? Right? Uh, and I don't remember much about logic class, but one thing I remember is that if you have two things that are equal, you can, you can reverse them, right? And they still be equal, right? If two is equal to two, you can bring this two over here, and, and it's two will still be equal to two, right? Or if you have four plus two and, and, and two plus four, you can, you can switch them around, and they'll still be equal, Right? Can we do this? All right. Can we do that with this sentence? Let, let, let's see how it works. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Next slide. For those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Is it still true? It's still the same sentence. It's still saying the same thing. But those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. If you are a child of God, you can be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God desires to lead you and me. The Spirit of the living God desires to lead his children. Are we children of God? Are we children of God? Does it make sense that we would be children of God? Let's look at the next sentence Paul says. How do you and I become children of God? He says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, your adoption to, to daughtership. And by him we cry, Daddy, Abba, Father. It's by the Spirit of God that we've been brought into a new family, that we become children of God, brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. 
We're brought into the family of God and we become, we have the same rights as Jesus had. And was Jesus led by the spirit of God? He sure was. So you and I, we get invited into this family. We are children of God and therefore we are led by the spirit of God. But wait, 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 do do I have the Holy Spirit inside of me? Let's go back to to part one of the whole thing, empowered, part one. Do, we, do I get the Holy Spirit? How do I get the Holy Spirit? We had this memory verse in empowered. It said, when you believe in him, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When you believe in Jesus, when you come into relationship with Jesus, when you give your life over to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. You get it. The very spirit that was at the dawn of creation that created everything that we see was created through him. You and I, we have that inside of us. We become temples of the living God and we get to be led by the spirit of God. All we need to do is believe in Jesus to start our relationship. Common myth number one is that it's for special people. Common myth, uh, spirit principle number one is that the spirit desires to lead us all. Can you guys, can we come to grips with this? Can we come to grips that this very spirit that was the one who raised Jesus from the dead, that breathed new life into Jesus, that was at the the beginning in the day of Pentecost, the, the very spirit that got a guy who's 40 years old and lame, he got him up to walk. That very spirit lives inside of you and wants, desires to lead you. It's like the, the recalculating voice, that annoying, annoying voice. Recalculating, recalculating. The Spirit of God desires to lead you. Common myth number two. I expect God to lay out his entire plan for me right now. I expect God to lay out the entire plan for my life right now. This is, this is a myth we might not think think about, but we sure embody it. We live in the information age, right? This is the, inf- the uh, immediate information age. My, my wife, Angie, is amazing at researching stuff. And so she can like watch some YouTube videos and figure out how to do something new, right? And so she'll watch, she's, wa- she's just watched probably um, uh, dozens of hours of, of YouTube videos on how to raise chickens. And now we have chickens in our backyard, okay? And, and it's, it's just been like, it, you know, there's been no problems, right? We're, we've been... We've been able to figure this whole chicken thing out. And she'll watch YouTube videos on how to garden, right? And then we have this garden in our backyard, right? So like this stuff just, it appears all of a sudden. She's able to make it happen because she's watched some YouTube videos. Now these things taught her in hours what it used to take people to, to gain uh, the knowledge of over years, right? If you didn't have a mom or dad who raised chickens, you didn't raise chickens, you, you learned this stuff from your mom and dad. You grew up in it. And if you didn't grow up in it, it was really hard to learn this stuff. If you didn't grow up being a farmer, you didn't become a farmer. If you didn't grow up being a doctor, you didn't become a doctor. But now everybody's a doctor, right? All of us. 
We live in the day of information, right? Wikipedia, Khan Academy, and even with our Bibles, the Bible Project. We get to have information that it took people years and years and years to gain over, over many months and, and struggling through PhD dissertations. And, and we get to have it at our fingertips. It's amazing, right? It's a gift, except for when it comes to God. Except for when it comes to God, because God doesn't act in this way with us. And it can be really frustrating because Khan Academy will and Wikipedia will. It's really frustrating because I can look something up on Google, God, but you won't tell me what I have for my entire life right now. This is so frustrating. I mean, I want to know what city I'm going to live in next year. I want to know what college degree I should have. I want to know what I should major in. I want to know what school I should go to. I want to know what what, uh, park I should send my kids to. I want to know what what daycare they should be in. I want to know, God, tell me all the information right now. I need to make a decision. And we get frustrated, right? Because God doesn't give us the information. Because spirit principle number two is this. We want information, but God wants formation. We want information. We're interested in the information. God is interested in our formation. I didn't, I didn't come up with that sentence. That is an amazing sentence, and it is a true sentence. The guy who came up with that is a guy named Rich Nathan. He's a pastor at Vineyard Columbus. And he wrote a, a, a sermon uh, in the 90s, okay? And it's called Liberating Thoughts on God's Will for Your Life. Now, this is like 25 years old, okay? And it's like 30 pages of his sermon, all right? You think I preach long? <laughs> all right? But, but um, I'd love for you guys to take this home. It's on, it'll be, um, there's, a, there's a QR code, I think, up there. And then this is at the Resource Center in the lobby. If you want it online, you can have it online. I think it's on the app. But it's called Liberating Thoughts on God's Will for Your Life. We're, we're so constrained by these thoughts on God's will for our life. Sometimes that we don't even look for God's will for our life and we just give up before we start. Listen, this, this amazing sermon is very helpful. It's been so helpful for me throughout the years. And I think even though it's written to some 20-somethings, some 30-somethings, it's for everyone. These thoughts are for everyone. We want information, but God wants formation. There's this moment in in the life of the disciples that this comes so clear. They're at the Last Supper table, and John records a little bit of the details that the other apostles, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they don't record. And so we have something from John, this, this script from the meal that's so interesting. Jesus is going on and on. He's like, he starts saying like, hey, I'm going to go to a place and I'm, I'm going to go to my a house, my father's house, and I'm going to prepare some rooms for you. And I'm going away, but you guys know the way to where I'm going, okay? You guys know the way. And, and, and Thomas is like, what? what? You didn't tell us the directions. Like, I don't remember you telling us, giving us the map. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And the disciples still don't get it. He's talking so cryptically, right? He's not giving them the information. He's giving them formation. And so they start asking, Philip says, uh, show us the Father. 
And Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And they, start, they keep going back and forth. The, the disciples don't get what Jesus is trying to say. The, the disciples are like uh, on a totally different page. And it can be frustrating, right? Because we want the information and we're anxious for the information. Wait, Jesus, you're leaving? Wait, Jesus, you're going somewhere? We don't, we don't know all the information. Tell us. But God's not interested in giving us information until we've had the formation. He's interested in giving us formation. Look at how Jesus responds in the middle of this. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Do you see what he's saying? And when the time comes, the Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you as it happens. And when you need the information, leaning upon the Holy Spirit, you will get the information that you need. Early on in my uh, 20s, I was uh, at this church. I'm, I'm uh, an engineering uh, student, and I'm uh, a leader at this church, and I'm, I'm really struggling because uh, there's, this, there's these like dual things happening inside of my heart, and I'm like, man, I, what am I supposed to do? And uh, Brittany Kim, who was part of our church back then, she, she came up to me, and she said, Chris, how are you doing? And I just vomited on her, right? Have you ever done that? They just ask you, and like at the right moment, and I just like, I exploded all over her. And she goes, Chris, wow, you know, like it's gonna be okay, right? It's gonna be okay. And she said, in my experience, God only gives us one step further along the way. The information that we need for just one more step. <sighs> okay, I'm not gonna get the whole road map. I'm not going to get the whole map quest printout of directions. I'm just going to get the voice that gives me one more corner around the road. One more step on the GPS. Okay, okay. Because God's not interested in giving us information. He wants formation. Do you know what would happen if he gave us the destination? You know what some of us would do with that information? We'd screw it all up, wouldn't we? Don't lie, it's you too, right? Like, this, this, this is something we do. When we get more information, we twist stuff. We're humans. We're sheep, Jesus said. And if the shepherd showed us all the way down the road, he said, like, we're gonna meet over there, the sheep would just be so stupid. They're so stupid. We are so stupid. And we'd fall off a cliff, right? He just gives us one more step along the way. Look at how it happened for Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. This is Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. Now these guys are walking. It's like rocking from Syracuse to Rochester. Have you ever walked from Syracuse to Rochester? Anybody here? Like this is crazy. They're walking and they're planting churches for Jesus. Everywhere they go, they try to plant a Jesus community. And, and they go in different places, and it says that the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Like, we don't know what that means, but maybe circumstantially, their passport wasn't taken, or they're not able to go in because they don't have enough money, or what, I don't know what it is. 
But in any case, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. And, and so they keep going. And it's, uh, can you imagine just walking and walking for days? Not knowing where you're going to end up? Not knowing where the next city is where you're going to proclaim the gospel? Walking and walking. And these guys are close to Jesus. I mean, this is Apostle Paul right here we're talking about. And he can't get the answers. Can you imagine how frustrating that must have been? Walking and walking and walking. Jesus, why don't you just tell us where we're going? Why don't you just tell us where we're going? Instead of just forcing us out of places, have you ever felt like that? Like, like three doors are closed, no doors are open, and so you're just forced to wait? You're just forced to wait? No information? In October of 2018, no, 2019, October 2019, um, Angie and I had our, our second uh, child, Caleb, and, um, and this kind of, it shifted things. We, uh, I was at that point, the site pastor at the Westcott site, and things were going really well there. I mean, it was just like a really amazing community we were building. It was so wonderful. I thought at that point, I could do this for the rest of my life. This is so much fun. Um, and uh, we didn't have any plans on doing anything, but something shifted that month after Caleb was born. And we had this conversation on the couch, and st stuff shifted. We had a conversation we hadn't had before. And, and it, it was just one little data point on the map. But then all these little things started coming out. These people would email me and say, hey, I've been praying for you. I think that you should open up your mind to doing something else. I'm like, What? Uh, uh, at a leadership team meeting, I got a prophetic word uh, for myself. And that, then there are all these little data points on the map. And so I started thinking, oh my goodness, I think that Jesus might be calling us somewhere else. What's, what's he going to do? And so uh, we just looked online and there was this, there's this job opportunity in Los Angeles. And I felt like this was what God had been calling us to. This is what I was made for. I'm supposed to be in Los Angeles on the beach. It sounds amazing, right? Yeah, that sounds like what God has made me for, right? And so we, uh, we applied for this job, and um, you know, we told John about it, and he's, he gave us his blessing, gave us a good reference. And so he, he calls, the guy, they call us up, and they're like, hey, can you come out to Los Angeles? This sounds great. Like, let's move this along. And um, uh, so we bought our plane tickets. And as we bought our plane tickets, the, uh, we're, we're, we're scheduled to go out March 22nd of of 2020, right? And the whole thing just shuts down. The world shuts down, right? And especially Los Angeles. You can't even go to a playground in Los Angeles. And it, the, the city's burning down, right? It's like the definition of hell, right? Like it's, it's terrible out there. And we, we snuck out there and we were expecting God to speak to us and nothing happens. No information. And we're just so frustrated. God, oh, we thought you were calling us into this. Are you just messing around with us? And I'm journaling every day and like trying to listen and try, meeting with a spiritual director and like nothing, 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 nothing for months until October of the same year, 2020, I got a prophetic word from someone. And then another happened that week. And I thought, oh, okay, it's maybe God's actually doing this whole thing so that I would stay here in Syracuse, huh? I didn't see that coming, okay. And then in December, this thing opens up. And John and I have this conversation. 
And it wasn't until January of 2021 that things had been resolved. It was so frustrating. God, why couldn't you have just told us in 2019 what you were going to tell us in 2021? Why couldn't you just, t- we would, like, you, we would save your time. We would have saved my time. Like, we would have been fine. But you know, God's not interested in your information. So, so, like, stop worrying about it. Just do the next best thing. When you don't have all the information, just do the next best thing. Just be faithful in what he's called you to into this moment. Okay? Don't quit your jobs right away. Just, just be faithful. God's not interested. This is so revolutionary, guys. When this comes in, when you recognize this, we can just let go of some of our anxiety and frustration. We can depend on the Holy Spirit to give us the truth when we need it. Common myth number three. Before we go into common myth number three, look, listen. Let me ask you this question. Are you being formed into a person? Are you being formed into a person that God can give information to? Are you being formed into a person that God can trust with information? Common myth number three. We believe that God's will is the opposite of what I want. And now we don't, we don't actually think this time, but we embody it. God is a buzzkill. He doesn't let me party anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't let me have sex with anyone I want to anymore. I mean, this guy is a buzzkill. He doesn't let me spend my money on it. He asks for 10% from the, for the local church. This is like but a buzzkill. Like, I can't do whatever I want. This is crazy. And so we think that if we rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us, that he might lead us. And we're like, oh, shoot. We don't want him to lead us because we really think that he's going to kill our buzz. We got a good thing going on here. I don't want him to lead me. Spirit principle number three. The Spirit's leading brings perfect joy and peace. The Spirit's leading brings perfect joy and peace. Let's look at a story in the book of Acts. This is from chapter 16. Paul and his travel partner Silas have been in this town called Philippi. They've just started this Jesus community around this woman, this house church leader, Lydia. She becomes this house church leader. All of her family and friends start coming to know Jesus, and they start meeting with her daily in this place of prayer outside of Philippi. This church is growing in Philippi. This amazing thing is happening where God's leading Jews and Gentiles together, right? Amazing. Philippi. So they're on their way out to the prayer spot. Every day they go out there to meet with the, the, the gathering. They go outside of the city. And every day this young girl starts following them. Now this young girl, uh, we find out, has a demon that's been oppressing her, a demon that's been uh, possessing her, and she's able to tell the future for her owners. Her owners make a great deal of money when she reads the future for other people, that they get the money, she's enslaved. And she goes out every day following them, and she says, these people, these two guys are, are, the, are men of God. These two people are men that you should listen to. Listen to them. Listen to them. And she just, she just won't be quiet. And Paul just gets so 
annoyed one day. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get out of her, demon. And the demon leaves her. And when the owners find out that she's no longer able to tell the future, they take Paul and Silas and they take them into the center of the city and they get this whole crowd around them to beat them. They start beating them, beating them, beating them. And then they throw them into jail for the night. And this is what it says in verse 24. When he received these orders, this is the jailer, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. They're in the inner cell, no windows. It's dark, it's damp, it's, it's a dungeon, right? You can imagine. And they put their feet in stocks. Now they've just been beaten. Uh, how long were they beaten? We don't know. How, how bad were their injuries? We don't know. They've just been beaten, they're bloody, they're hurt, maybe they got a broken bone or two, broken nose, black eye. And they put in their feet in stocks. You know, stocks are these like this really uncomfortable thing. It's like handcuffs, but they're they're on the floor, right? And they, they're keeping you pinned down in this really uncomfortable spot for hours and hours and hours and hours circulation getting cut off. They can't feel their legs anymore. Now, did, did Paul and Silas wake up that morning thinking, man, I'd really like to get beaten today. I'd really like to go to jail today. You know what, Silas? We should go to jail. I've heard Roman jail is great. Let's go there. Nobody wakes up thinking, let's go to jail. You know, they, they were led by the Spirit into this mess. Do you know that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the chaos of the waters in verse 2 of the Bible? You know why he was hovering over the chaos of waters? Because he was about to create something new. Do you know that the, wherever there's chaos in our world, that the Holy Spirit is present hovering over those waters? Do you know that the Holy Spirit desires to send his people, children of God, into chaotic situations? He might send you into chaotic family situation. He might send you into chaotic work situation. He might send you into chaotic uh, world situation. Chaotic financial situation. He might send you into these places. Why? So that you can partner, you can keep in step with the Spirit while He makes all things new. This is what He does. He sent Paul and Silas into jail that day because you know why? He had His eyes on the jailer. The jailer comes to know Jesus that night. The jailer and his whole family come and become part of this Jesus community. He sent Paul and Silas to get beaten that day and brought to jail so that something amazing could happen. And, and the Holy Spirit will send you into chaotic situations. The Holy Spirit will send me into chaotic situations so that we can keep in step with the Spirit, so that we can be partnering with him to create all things new, make all things new. What does Paul and Silas do that night as they're sitting in jail? Verse 25. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. What, what possesses you to do something like this? You're singing hymns to God, the God that got you into this mess? You know why? Because they had perfect joy and peace. 
You know why? Because they got something. They understood something. They understood that the spirit of Jesus that possessed them was the very same spirit that led Jesus on a walk just months earlier, maybe a couple years earlier. A walk towards the cross where in Hebrews it says, for the joy set before Jesus. It was joy that possessed Jesus on his way to the cross. Do you know that when you are led by the Spirit, the Spirit reorders your desires, your wants, your priorities. Growing up, I said, I'm never going to be a pastor. That's the worst idea in the world. I remember saying it at 16 years old, I'm never being a pastor. And I set on a course of not be, being a pastor, okay? I was going to be an engineer. That was my track. I'm going to be an engineer. And then my brother, he would keep coming to me and say, Chris, I don't think you're going to be an engineer. I think you're going to be a pastor. I'm like, no, shut up, Tim. It's exactly what I don't want. And then I felt like I got a vision in Bolivia, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I might become a pastor. Shoot. And as I walked on this course, I'm just keeping in step with the Spirit. God has given me no information. It's just formation. I'm just walking along with him, holding his hand. Okay, I'm just going to go step by step with you. He started reordering my heart and my mind and to the point where I thought, okay, I could make a lot of money being an engineer or I could make no money being a pastor. Let's do that one. Let's do that one. I'm like, yeah, that's the best thing I could do. I don't want to do anything else. Like, come with me, come at me with job offers. See what, see what happens, guys. Nothing. I'm just like, you can't move me. Because the Spirit has reordered the desires of my heart. Are you open to the Holy Spirit leading you? Are you open, open to the idea that the Holy Spirit desires to lead you? Do you live your life like the Holy, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you today? Did you live this morning like the Holy Spirit was going to lead you in, in your breakfast prep and you're getting dressed and, and all of the ways? Do, do you lead, lead your life like the Holy Spirit's going to lead you in how you parent and what, what sports you choose for your kids? Are you, is the Holy Spirit involved in any of this? Do you ask? Can we just take a moment? We're going to practice something that I'd like you to do this week. Let's, let's take a moment. Take all the stuff off your lap, and let's just close our eyes. And I'm just going to open up the space for the Holy Spirit to lead us. And you might get an image in your mind's eye. That could be the Holy Spirit. It could be the coffee you just drank, okay? Um, uh, you might have a thought that crosses against all the other thoughts. You're thinking about, uh, I got to get this stuff ready for lunch together for my family. And all of a sudden you think, oh, I should go golfing. Whatever like that thought is, it could be the Holy Spirit. Don't dismiss it outright. Holy Spirit, we, we invite you. We make space for you online. We make space for you in this moment. Is there anything you'd like to say to us? Let's just continue to wait.
One more minute. If you got an idea, you should write it down. It could be the Holy Spirit. It might not be, all right? It's okay if it's not, all right? What we're gonna, I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to do that every day this week, all right? Make a little space. Even when you wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit, I don't know what you're doing today, but I want to be a part of it. I, I, I want to keep in step with your spirit. Just pray that prayer, simple prayer every day. Would you do that as an action step on the connection card? If you're interested in that, I want to pray for you this week, that, that the Holy Spirit would be faithful to speak to you, to lead you this week, that stuff would happen that you, surprises you. Would you all stand with me? There's a prayer team that's up here. They'd love to pray for you. Um, I get this. I, I, I got the sense last night, and um, I didn't do it. You ever have that? Uh, so I had the gut feeling like I should do something and I didn't do it. So I'm gonna, I felt like I should do it right now. And um, so here we go. Um, I, uh, I think that when I was reading that, that thing about that girl who was enslaved by that, that demon and enslaved by her, her owners, um, I just got the sense like there's, there may be some, somebody here or some buddies who's been enslaved by stuff. Maybe you've been enslaved by addiction. Maybe you've been enslaved by um, opening yourself up to Ouija boards or, or tarot card readings or I don't know. But you let something in that day. And it's not, not something like we got to mystify all, all over the place, but it's something that needs to come out. And so if that's you, uh, just come on up for prayer or, or see me on your way out. Um, we'll get someone to pray for you right away. Let's pray. Would you put out your hands with me? Holy Spirit, we invite you to lead us. We open ourselves up to the idea that you would want to lead us. Be faithful to lead us this week. Amen. Amen. God bless you. There's people who have buckets on the way out. Uh, put your connection card in there, and then there's this article on the way out. Uh, pick it up.